So I've got a question for you. In most books about the Bible, most books that are histories of the Bible, what book do you think they cover first, typically in a, in a seminary text about the Bible? What book do you think they start with? Actually, Exodus. You know why? Because that is the first place whoo, where we talk about Israel as a nation. That's where they're first formed. The book of Genesis, actually, those are the ancestral stories that already existed in verbal form before Israel was Israel. They're like campfire tales. So, we got us a campfire here. (laughs) Anyone bring marshmallows? There was a a group of people called a Piru. There was Shasu and a Piru. Those are the, the two tribes that would become Israel with Moses. The Apiru, to begin with, well, they were like uh, gypsies, like we think of gypsies, the Roma today. They were wandering people, and they were not of the best reputation for the other people who were more settled, the farmers and such. These were people who uh, wandered from camp to camp. They were nomadic. And at that time, in that area which is called the Fertile Crescent, that area of the the Middle East, which, my God, nowadays we hear too much about, they would wander, and they would gather around fires at night, and they would tell stories. Now, there were civilizations already, and people who didn't care much for the Apiru, and they had their own stories that they told, and some of them were even written down. Stories like the Enuma Elish, which was the story of how things were created, Sumerian. And in that story, and in most stories of the time, there were a couple of monsters. In this case, the monsters were were kind of oceans and kind of not. They were sort of amorphous, but they were sort of dragons too. It was confusing. But one of the monsters, Tiamat, got himself cut open and bled out all over the place. And then along came these gods that were created and they took the blood and out of the blood they made human beings which were going to be the servants for the gods. This is the sort of creation story that was around when the Apiru gathered around their fires at night. And a story formed that was different than any other story of creation. A new story came out, and instead of there being all of these gods that were created out of goop, and and all of these different actions and reactions that happened because the gods were nasty and hated each other, and instead of human beings being created so they could serve the gods and be toys of the gods... Instead of all that, this new story that the Apiru were telling 
spoke of one creator. It was revolutionary at the time. And it lived on for at least centuries, maybe a thousand years before anyone wrote this down. Because people didn't read, people didn't write. But they carried the story from fire to fire, from tent to tent. And the people of the day would memorize this story. And so finally when Moses came around, and finally when the people got together, and finally when they started writing down their heritage, they backed up and they began with this. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning, the first day. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. God called the dome sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let there be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over day and over night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind 
and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Then the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Now then, as long as we're sitting around the campfire together, And we've just told this tune of the ancient gypsy, this tune of the Apiru, this tale woven out. I think probably the best thing to do with it is not concentrate on creation versus evolution. How silly is that? But let's focus on the important message that is meant to be delivered by that story. There is one central, vital message to this story especially when taken in the context of the ancient Apiro and their campfires. There they were. Can you imagine the stars you would see in the days before streetlights, the days before big bright cities, as you sat there and you heard your cattle, you heard your sheep as they were bedding down for the night. And you'd look up and just see this expanse, this beautiful expanse. And maybe it's a night of a new moon. Maybe there's no moon in the sky. It's just this vast carpet of stars and the sound of your animals and your children in the tent sleeping and breathing deep. And you're sitting there, wandering herdsman or herdswoman that you are. And someone stands up and begins to talk to you about how God One God made everything that you see and everything that you encounter. And this God, far from being vengeful, far from being selfish and caught up in its own godly things or fighting with all the other gods, this one God has always been and always will be. And this one God has looked at everything that's been created and each in its time pronounced good. It's good. Creation is good. And then when it was all done, and the crowning achievement 
the human being made in God's image, whatever that may mean, that crowning achievement. And then God looked again. And I'm sure the teller of the tale looked into every set of eyes around that campfire and would say, and when God saw all of it with us too, God saw that it was very good. Very good. This is the creation story. And this is a story that begins a creative faith. It is no accident that it's the first story that is told. Sure, it's about the beginning. But if we truly start at the beginning, let's see that we truly start with a God that loves the creation. We truly start with a God that looks at us and celebrates all the potential and all the possibility that is within us. All of it. This great creative faith that God set in motion from the beginning. Now we all know what's going to happen next. We all know we're going to fumble it. And we all know we're going to make mistakes. And things are going to be imperfect. And when that comes, God's going to be right there too. Moving us along putting us back on the path, loving us, correcting us. Because it's all worth it to God. God is in love with us. God is in love with this planet. God is in love with those trees out there. God is in love with the sun that is shining down on us. God is in love with the solar system whooping around and those messy asteroids coming in and banging into things. God is in love with the black holes that are just (laughs) and sucking stuff up and sending it God knows where. None of us do. God is in love with our galaxy and loves the swirl and spin of it. God sat back on that seventh day And I imagine if the Piru had the word, what God said was, wow, look what I did. God created it all in love and care. Now these were gypsy people. These were the rejects. These were the folks that no one liked to see coming their way. And these are the people who are given the gift of great insight into what is really going on. And so it is we start with this love at the very beginning of our Bible. And this is an honest set of books. And all the way through, it doesn't shy away from the truth of how we mess up and how things go wrong and how we stray. But throughout all of these pages with a creative faith, you can see that underpinning it all in blessed persistence is that love of God until we get about to here and the love actually comes in human form and the campfire expands. That, my friends, is our ancient creation story. And you not only know it, you're actually a living part of it. Isn't God very good? Amen.